Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another broadcast on the Soul of America Radio. Tonight, you're listening to Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness with your host, J.R. Thicklin. Tonight's broadcast is brought to you by Blog Talk Radio, hosted and produced by the Soul of America Radio. Comments made on tonight's broadcast do not necessarily reflect the views of Blog Talk Radio, the Soul of America Radio, or its host. Hope and Healing takes you from a place of pain, abuse, violence, rejection, and abandonment to a place of hope, healing, and power. All aboard with your author, activist, advocate, and friend, man of purpose himself, and your host for the evening, Mr. J.R. Welcome and welcome and welcome again tonight to another exciting edition of Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. This is your host, J.R. Thickland, and I'm so very glad to be with you right here on the Soul of America Radio Network. And as always, it's always our pleasure to come to you with a show that is designed with you in mind, a show that is about addressing the issue of not only domestic violence and abuse, but rejection, loss, abandonment. Any type of pain or grief, that is what we're here about because we are on this journey of healing. So it's hope and healing, a journey to wholeness, and I'm so very glad that you've joined us tonight from all over the country, from coast to coast, right here on the Soul of America Radio Network. And we're excited because tonight is a part of our one-year anniversary show. It's our anniversary show that is going on tonight, and what a great opportunity to come to you tonight uh, with so many things in mind tonight. So we're going to get right to it tonight. I want to make sure that all of you, perhaps you're listening for the very first time, you're listening either by www.soulofamericaradio.com. That's the way that you listen to us on the Internet. And when you go there, just simply go to the Hope and Healing tab. Hit that Hope and Healing tab. Go live, and you will have the show that you're hearing tonight. Those of you that are listening to us by uh, way of phone and you're calling in tonight, maybe you're listening by phone, maybe you're going to be a guest or you have a question, you can always reach us at area code 323-784-9638, area code 323-784-9638, that is how you reach us tonight, and that is how you reach us. Now, those of you that are listening by phone tonight and you're just simply uh, listening in, we trust that you are enjoying the show and that you will enjoy the show. We have a very special show for you tonight, very, very special guest with us on tonight. And we're going to be introducing that guest in just a little bit. But I want you tonight that are listening, of course, we know this month is uh, National Domestic Violence Awareness Month all over the country. Uh, we are observing 
uh, domestic violence and with the uh, goal in mind to educate and to make people aware and, if you would, to break the uh, – to break the barriers down that continues to uh, uh, promote domestic violence and continue to create an atmosphere where domestic violence is more tolerable. So our goal tonight is to come in a very great way, a very complete way, and to be able to make a difference in every way that we can. So if you're listening to us once again tonight, you're listening in on area code 323-784-9638. At any time you have a question or you have a comment, you can always hit the number one on your keypad, and our producer will let us know that you have a question or comment to say. Now, perhaps you're there and you want to send a question or comment in, and maybe you're listening by way of Internet, you can always email us at jficklin at soulofamericaradio.com. That's the letter J-T-H-I-C-K-L-I-N at soloamericaradio.com. That is the way that you can reach us, and that's the way that we can get you on. Now, for many of you that are following us by way of Facebook, let me give you those directions. There's a few pages that we're involved with on Facebook. Uh, our one page there is Domestic Violence. It is your business. You can find us there. That's somewhat of an open group. So if you go to that page there, uh, join that page there. We'll be so glad to have you. And then we have another page that we're very proud of, and that is our Destiny by Choice 2 fellowship page. That's Destiny by Choice, the Roman numeral 2 fellowship page. And, uh, you know, and when you go to that page there, you're going to find a tremendous uh, Facebook page because that one there is designed with you in mind. That is designed with the whole purpose of encouragement. That is the page that you can go to each and every morning. We call it a drama-free page. Once you go to that page there, what you're going to get is just inspiration, great words of encouragement, great members there. You're going to find things to uplift you. You're going to find things that are going to make your day uh, a day that you look forward to, and it's always a great day. Uh, that All of our pages there are administered, and they're taken care of by uh, Andy Harlem. What an awesome job that she does in making sure those pages are up and going. And so when you go there, please look for those things that are there because they're going to make a difference um, in so many ways, and those pages are going to have inspiration to so many people that are listening from around the coast. Uh, people are on that page. They're there all the time from all over, and I can tell you there's so many things that goes on with that page here, and I, and I promote that page because, of fact, there are great things that are going on it. Uh, matter of fact, we have uh, on that page we have what we call a uh, roll call, a morning da uh, daily roll call, and that roll call is meaning that when people come to that page, they generally greet with a scripture or good morning or inspiration and that's there. And then we have a daily bread uh, on that page as well. And that is uh, every morning the person who gets there and they quote, post scriptures there to uplift individuals, and uh, that page is there. And then we have another page, uh, not another page, but another segment of that is called Shout Out. And that Shout Out is generally done every Friday or Saturday, Shout Out, giving people, sometimes inviting people to services around the country there. And then we've added another feature. And as a matter of fact, there's another feature that's been added, uh, and it's going to be uh, definitely taking place for this Sunday, and it's called Family and Friends Day, and that's an opportunity for you to go on to that page there and uh, just invite people to come in, invite people to listen in or, or to post in, I should say, on the page, and there's so much there, and we're always excited about it as you. Follow the show each and every Monday night. Uh, Indy uh, is always making sure that information is current there on those pages and uh, is absolutely 
a blessing to have her there to administrate all of these pages, and we're so glad that you're there and that you're listening today and that you're part of what's going on. Well, as I've said, you know this month is is National Domestic Violence Awareness Month, and we want to definitely acknowledge that, and not that we don't want to acknowledge that it's also National Breast Cancer Awareness. Sure, it's all those months in one, but... As our platform here is the platform addressing domestic violence, we want to make sure that we give due diligence to it because there's so much to talk about and so much to do on this page, and we're going to cover a lot of things on tonight with our very special guest that we're going to bring on the airway in just about two minutes. And I want you to just keep in mind, there are so many things that have happened and so many things that are occurring as it relates to domestic violence. I mean, we've seen it. Uh, the things that come out of domestic violence, abuse and neglect, all around us we're seeing these type of high-profile cases happening. And so many of you are probably wondering tonight, what are we doing? Are we doing enough? I mean, we continue to hear the statistics. We continue to hear the things that are going on out there as it relates to domestic violence. And are we doing enough? Are there enough organization? Or are we too narrow in our perception? Or are there organizations that are out there reaching out on a broader level that causes us to take personal accountability and responsibility for the issues that are happening around us. Sadly, one of the worst things that can happen in our society is when we continue to see people, uh, you know, uh, that put all that weight on just an organization or on a uh, law enforcement, uh, put that weight on just advocates alone. I believe each and every one of us that stand against domestic violence and those ills of that nature, we all have a personal responsibility that we must take in addressing this issue of domestic violence. I want to put it very simply. We are our brothers and our sisters' keeper, and we have a responsibility to make that type of difference tonight. And we're excited about that in so many ways, and so many activities are going on in this month all over the country, many of things that we're a part of, and we're glad about that. But I want you to know, to know most of all that you, Yes, you can make a difference. You can play a great part in helping to eradicate domestic violence and uh, all kinds of abuses that are affecting families, that are affecting individuals, and that's what it's all about. So I want you to uh, get your seatbelt on tonight, and I want you to uh, get ready for a very exciting show. Those of you that have received email or text messages about the show, I want you to take the time. Forward that text message to some of your friends. Forward that text message to those that you know that would benefit from this uh, tonight. So I want you to take that opportunity to forward that message to those friends, those loved ones. Forward the message to those that you know that uh, may have been already impacted uh, by domestic violence. Well, tonight, as, as I promised to you, I'm excited tonight to have our very special guest that's going to be on the show with us tonight. Uh, not only is she a, a special guest, she's our friend and she's our colleague, but I want you to know that she is nationally acclaimed, and uh, she's uh, very much uh, a person that you need to get to know. And our guest tonight is going to be L.Y. Marlowe. She is the founder of Saving Promise, which is a national domestic violence prevention education awareness organization. Her story is about four generations of mothers and daughters in her family that survived more than 60 years. Let me make sure you heard that, more than 60 years of domestic violence. When L.Y. discovered that her 22-year-old daughter and granddaughter named Promise, now the fifth generation, were trapped in an abusive relationship, she found Saving Promise with the intentions of saving Promise, which blossomed into a vision for the nation. L.Y. is, of course, she's an award-winning author of the book Color Me Butterfly, the story of her family's struggle and survival that inspired 
Saving Promise. I will let you know that L.Y. has been on several shows. Uh, we're just very grateful to have her tonight. L.Y. has been on MSNBC, CNN, BET. Uh, she's been on the Melissa uh, uh, Perry show, Harris Perry. Uh, uh, she's been on several shows across this nation. Uh, she's constantly in and out of the White House with her efforts to make a difference inside of uh, not only addressing the issue of domestic violence. And so I'm honored tonight to have her to be a part of our show tonight right here on the, the Soul of America Radio Network. So tonight I want to welcome my friend, uh, my colleague, uh, none other than L.Y. Marlowe to Hope and Healing. Good evening. So glad to have you today. Good evening, Pastor Thicklin. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here tonight. Well, we're excited to have you, and I, I know I gave everyone a little baseline of who you are and just, just some of the things that you've done and, and uh, why this is such a passion to you. But uh, tonight I want you to get a chance to kind of self-introduce yourself to this audience here. And for those that have been involved in domestic violence, they may know of your name. They've heard of you. You've been on several shows. I only named a few of them. Uh, but you're on there not because of glitz or glamour. You're on there because you have a mission and that this is a passion of your, yours and I would love for you to share with our audience how this came about, not only with the Saving Promise, uh, here is a national domestic violence uh, uh, prevention and education awareness organization, but also the, you know, the things that inspired you to write Color Me Butterfly. So if you, if you would just share with our audience tonight. I'd be happy to. In fact, it was uh, just over six and a half years ago that I decided to step down from a highly coveted role and job at IBM. Um, I am a uh, project executive by training and uh, was having uh, my moment and living what is known as we all come to realize our American dream. And I discovered at that time, ironically, this is also uh, Breast Cancer Awareness Month, so I discovered a, a lump in my breast. And I decided to step down um, and uh, really embrace my passion to write. At the time, I had been writing poetry ever since I was a little girl, and I had always wanted to write a book. And you know they say that oftentimes when your life flashes before you, you sort of decide what's important and what's most important. And so... I wanted to do something that I always wanted to do, and that was to write a book. And so I hired her, a writing coach, and she told me the proverbial, write what you know. And what do we all know? We know our families. We know our experiences. And ever since I was a little girl, I've been hearing these horrific stories about um, the abusive relationship that both my grandmother and my mother lived through, and I know of my own story and my daughter. So I sat down, and I started writing Color Me Butterfly, telling the story about the four generations of mothers and daughters in my family, my grandmother, my mother, myself, and my daughter, and the horrific, horrific abuse we encountered for over 60-plus years in our lives. And so I would finish writing Color Me Butterfly, and I would learn that uh, six months afterwards, my daughter was in a very abusive relationship where this person not only tried to kill her once but twice. And the second time, he would strangle her while now their baby girl named Promise, six months old at the time, lie on the bed beside her. Thank God my daughter did survive that strangulation. She would tell how as she was blacking out, 
she heard Promise screaming, and she thought that now he was strangling Promise. So she would fight to save both her life and Promise's. After that incident, I decided, particularly since it's not even a year now that Color Me Butterfly was released, at which time Promise wasn't even born, um, I decided I needed to do something, and do something not only to stop the intergenerational abuse in my family, but I knew my family was and still is America's story. And so I decided to launch a national domestic violence prevention, education, and awareness organization inspired by Promise's story entitled Saving Promise. And uh, that organization is about uh, creating greater prevention and education and awareness to really help us get behind this issue as a society. You know, we've all heard the proverbial, you know, it takes a village to raise a child. Well, it takes a village to really address the issue of domestic violence because not one person is not affected by this issue, whether or not they have it in their family or in the friend with a friend or in the workplace or what have you, we're all affected by this. And so that's why Saving Promise is just not about my little sweet baby and my family, but the promise that we all deserve. Well, wow. I mean, you you said a lot there. I mean, just very powerful as you tell your story, because here it is, four generations. You're talking about over 60 years. And, you know, and, and some of the things that we often talk about in domestic violence is we talk about it being generational. We talk about it being a cyclical type thing happening. And so now there's four generations of this happening, and, and, and you write the book, Color Me Butterfly, and you've written the book, and little to your knowledge after you've written the book, Six months later, you now discover that literally you have a sequel that is happening, and the sequel is your own daughter and the fact of your grandbaby, Promise, uh, by the being named Promise. Why? I mean, how fitting this is that she's uh, literally almost losing her life to this uh, same type of act here, and it moved you not to complain, it moved you to action to make something happen inside of this. And, and, uh, and for the benefit of those that are listening now, I mean, here it is a situation that uh, we often talk about when people say, well, I don't know why a person stays in it. You know, they must love it. Uh, they must like it. They stay in it. And yet it's still, here's an example that sometimes there's a catalyst. There has to be something to happen that will move us out of that situation. Sometimes it's fear. Sometimes it's a call for something greater. Sometimes because your life does flash before you and you realize that I've got to get out. But in your case here, you see something that is now generational. That's the reason you wrote Color Me Butterfly. And now you see now that the future, the future is being threatened inside of this. And so what do you say to, uh, what do you say to those that might be listening tonight that is saying to, uh, that is saying to themselves that I don't know if I can do this, I don't know if I could come out? What would you say to them? What I would say to them is that every one of us, every one of us deserve to be re- treated with love and respect and dignity. Not one person deserves, whether it's a man or a woman, because men are abused just as well as women. Nowadays it's one in three women and one in four men. But everyone, despite your gender, deserves to live a very loving, whole, healed life. And that's why I love the title of your show, Pastor Thicklin, Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. We all deserve 
to live whole. You know, it's interesting. You you mentioned, um, you know, it, it would obviously take, you know, promise story to incite me to take my own um, action and to make a promise for change. But I come from a very faith-filled family of, of, of women, um, my grandmother, my mother, myself, and my daughter we all grew up in the church. We understood the, that faith was very important in our lives. And I also understand I, I am really connected to um, um, premonitions and knowing that something happens for a reason. In fact, when, when my daughter was pregnant, when we discovered she was pregnant and she was in that very abusive relationship, um, before Promise was born, I remember my mother and I, I moved, I, at this point I had moved my daughter three different times, now to three different states. I moved her from, I live outside of Washington, D.C., into Philadelphia. And uh, she was about seven, eight months pregnant, and my mother and I was taking care of her and saying, you know what, we're going to be that baby's daddy, because at this point we knew that if we did not get her away from him, he would kill her. And wow. I remember, in fact, Color Me Butterfly had just launched. I was in New York. I was doing a show in New York, and I got the call that my daughter went into labor. She had not been with this person. She had enrolled back in college. She was living on her own. She was preparing to, to be a single mother and raise her child. And I would leave New York City, jump on the train out of New York into Philadelphia, uh, to meet her at the hospital where now she's in labor, and she hadn't been with this person for months, and we were, my mother and I were just starting to get into changing her mindset as well because I think that she needed to take responsibility for wanting to make sure that she does not allow herself to be put back in that situation. And I would get off that train in uh, um, Philadelphia 30th Street Station and take a cab to the hospital and walk inside that hospital room, and lo and behold, who was standing there next to my daughter but this person that my mother and I had worked so diligently to get her away from and out of this person's life. And it was interesting because at that point my daughter had decided that she wanted to name her child Promise. And the moment that Promise was born, this child came out smiling from ear to ear. And I knew in that very moment, it was that moment with all that anxiety and anger that was in that room because I was upset with my daughter. And I was upset that this person had the nerve to be there after having just tried to kill my daughter again. And I remember standing there as this child was being born, and they placed her in my daughter's arm, and my daughter called out the name out loud for the first time, Promise. It was almost like in that moment I knew that that child, not to condone, you know, you know ch- children out of wedlock or anything like that, but I knew that she was here for a reason. And I wow. knew that that was going to be the start the very start, because I hadn't even thought of the title Saving Promise or more that I needed to launch an organization like that. But I knew in that moment I felt something in my soul, in my spirit, wow. in that moment, that something was changing. And not only with my daughter and my mother who stood in that room, three generations. Now, Promise was being born. She was the fourth generation. We had not long ago lost my grandmother. So the four generations was in that room when that child was born, and I knew in that moment something was happening, and that something is what that journey has led me to to this day. 
Wow, what a powerful insight there. Definitely want to get to it. You're listening to Hope and Healing and Journey to Wholeness. This is your host, J.R. Thicklin, and I'm so very glad that you've joined us on tonight. A very special guest with us tonight, none other than L.Y. Marlowe, who is the founder of Saving Promise, a national domestic violence prevention education and awareness organization, also uh, author and an author of, of a award-winning author of the book, Color Me Butterfly, which tells the story of her family struggles and survival that inspired saving promise. Those of you that are listening by way of telephone, if you have a question that you'd like to ask on tonight, feel very uh, feel very free to just simply hit the number one on your keypad, and we'll get you in to be able to ask a question. And uh, uh, just stay tuned right after this commercial break. We'll be back with our special guest, L.Y. Marlowe, right here on the Soul of America Radio Network and on our one-year anniversary show. I'll see you right after the break. Right now, via the Internet, you should see some advertisements around your screen. Please click on one of them because you support us every time you click on an ad. Thank you. I'm Tony Stallings, founder and CEO here at the Soul of America Radio. We've all witnessed the unjust laws that allow our children to be gunned down, that allow our mothers, fathers, and brothers to be locked up 20, 30 years for crimes that are belittled in the white community. It's time that we gather together and discuss ways to take action, one day at a time, one house at a time. It starts right here with us. Join us as we adopt the theme of Fight the Power, of course, peacefully. We look forward to you joining us over the next few months. Thank you. We're fighting the power on the Soul of America Radio. And now we return you to your host, J.R. Thickland, in Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. And 
Welcome back to Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. This is your host, J.R. Thicklin, and I'm so glad that you've joined us here right on the Soul of America Radio Network. For those of you that are listening by way of the Internet, that's www.soulofamericaradio.com, uh, going right there to the Hope and Healing tab to get you in. And those of you that are listening by way of the telephone, that's area code 323-784-9638. And as always, if you have a question or comment of myself or my guest, just simply hit the number one on your keypad. That lets our producer know that you want to get in on the airwaves and uh, and join in this very, very uh, insightful and uh, very powerful conversation tonight. We're very glad to have with us once again our special guest tonight on our one-year anniversary show of a friend of mine, a colleague and national claimed uh, uh, advocate in our own right, best-selling author, L.Y. Marlowe, the founder of Saving Promise. L.Y., I'm just so glad to have you. I'm telling you, the, the phone lines, the board is lit up, I mean, with calls. I mean, it's lit up. I can't even see what's beneath the uh, bar that I'm looking at now, but uh, the phone uh, are lit up, and I'm quite sure everyone are, uh, is listening and, and really enjoying your very compelling story that led you to the uh, establishing uh, Saving Promise, an organization. And uh, so you, you kind of told us a little bit about what inspired it, uh, but I want you to right now, because in fact, this is the issue of domestic violence in so many ways, and, and, and uh, for our listener uh how widespread is domestic violence i mean we see it happening everywhere but how widespread is it and is it something that is really done in you know in a vacuum or under or under a bush or, or are we talking about an epidemic it is it is absolutely an epidemic it absolutely is an epidemic and the reason why we don't realize how widespread it is because unfortunately we don't hear much about it until it affects a celebrity or somebody of a public figure or is a tragedy that suddenly, you know, um, creates um, an interest by the media. Um, but what you should know is that, as I shared, you know, um, not only one in three women, so for three women that are on the phone tonight, one of them, at least one of them that we know of, is a victim of domestic violence, and likewise one in four men. And what's, uh, what's even more startling is that, um, the, of those statistics, 69% of women and 53% of those men are under the age of 25. So domestic violence is not no longer an issue of domestication. <laughs> exactly. It has become an epidemic amongst our young people. Amongst our young people is the highest rate, the highest rate, 69% of women is younger than 25, and 53% of men is younger than 25, that is something that we all need to stand up to because we now know that it is our daughters and our nieces and our, the children that we might teach or sitting in the pulpit in church. These children are being involved and affected by this national pandemic. Now, you, you said something that's very important because you talked about the children that we may deal with, whether in our classrooms or uh, the people in our church. I mean, and all these are places where people gather and children gather, and it, it, it sends us so many messages inside of this because we're talking about now this larger percentage of, of people that are involved in domestic violence, victims and perpetrators of domestic violence at this age group. So if we look at it for what it is, 
the future doesn't look bright. The future looks like the fact that there's been a perpetuation of this violence, and it's occurring even at a younger age, and we're seeing it happen in an age group that really gives us a lot to be concerned about going forward uh, with domestic violence being as prevalent as it is in our society. And so what do you say to those that are listening now, and they continue to think that, you know, they're exempt from domestic violence or exempt from uh, it, it occurring in their group? Domestic violence is no longer their problem or her problem or his problem. Domestic violence is our problem. Until we collectively, until we collectively come together to address this issue, it will turn into a national pandemic that will be out of our control. One of the things that I am extraordinarily um, you know, uh, a, a huge supporter of is the need for us to make sure that we're addressing this at the grassroots level in our community. That means that we need to be creating curriculum in our schools. And I'm not talking just at the college or high school level. I'm talking we need to start at the middle and grade level where it's age appropriate. You know, we hear these little stories now about bullying and, you know, small kids, six and seven years old. In fact, Promise told me a story. Um, my daughter and I had gone to a parent-teacher conference, and she was coming home for about a week telling me about this little boy named Jermaine. And when we went to the school um, to visit, uh, I could tell immediately which one of those little boys, and Promise is only six now, and this was last year, she was five. I could immediately tell who Jermaine was. He not only had the children now are wearing uniforms to school, but he had his tie that he's supposed to have over top of his white shirt and his little khaki blue pants. He had his tie folded around his little naked neck wow. <laughs> with his shirt unbuttoned, hanging down. And he was the class bully that you can imagine ever. And I knew he was to be that because I could just tell by his stature, the way he was responding, the way he was acting, the way promise froze when she looked at him. And so we need wow. to start taking this message, and we need to start creating curriculum in our school to educate kids about dating violence and bullying and healthy relationships. We need to educate our young people from high school up to college age. We need to be preaching about this in our churches behind the pulpit. The church needs to be sort of a, a, a puller in the, in the community to begin to educate people about this issue. We need to talk about this in our families and with our friends. We need to be talking about this in our in our women's club, in our book club. We need to engage men into this issue, and not just as men as perpetrators, because there are just as many men being abused as there are perpetrators. And there are just as many good men out there that need, want to be involved and can serve as mentor, mentors to those that are abusive. Because the other thing we have to be careful about is that we've got to stop fixing one side of the corn and only just addressing the victims. We also need to help the perpetrators. Oftentimes, many of them come from a history and a family of abuse. 
Wow. You know, and L.Y., you bring up something that's so important, and I, and I know that there are many may be listening tonight, and they say, well, I've heard a lot about domestic violence, and they have somewhat of a, you know, basic knowledge of it. But one thing that is, I, I think that one of the reasons I think that we definitely uh, have clicked so well inside of this is because what we understand is that it is time for a shift inside of the way we've looked at domestic violence. You made it very plain that it's not their problem, it's not her problem, his problem. It is our problem, and yet it's still – I think traditionally so much effort, and I understand the history of it, has has focused on domestic violence, but it almost made it a gender bias type of a subject matter. But the reality is, is that domestic violence impacts all of us and impacts every gender because, as you stated, you know, here's one in four men that are abused in their lifetime, and, and, and you know, from domestic violence. But how often do we hear those statistics given on a national platform? How often is that even talked about, even amongst our advocates? And how often is that even a subject matter is brought up, and yet it still could present a great problem to the young boy who has grown up in an abusive home, who have seen this happen, who have been have witnessed it, who have experienced abuse themselves, and somehow or another, you know, uh, he's forgotten. He's counted in the statistics up until the time he's 13, but from, from from that age on up, you know, even the domestic violence advocates mainstream don't recognize him as being a victim any longer. He is seen as a, a potential perpetrator, and I think to a certain degree, it causes uh, it only perpetuates that stereotypical thing where men don't talk about it, men don't want to report that I've been a victim because once again they're fighting this whole stereotype. Well, you're supposed to be strong, you're a man, and yet it's still. Uh, you know, we have to understand that they are suffering as well. They are undergoing this type of abuse. And I think when it's all said and done, we are about let's eradicate domestic violence across the board, you know, regardless of who's perpetrated. Yes, we understand that uh, the majority uh, of victim percentage of victims are women. We understand that. But we cannot ignore or turn our head to the fact that people are being abused, and even our young men. What do you tell a son? You know, what do I what do a man tell his son or what do a mother tell her son who's actually in an abusive relationship? Do we tell him grow up, you know, grow up, you're supposed to be a man and you know, real man wouldn't let that happen or, or what do we say to them? And so I, I really appreciate your approach and bringing that uh to the forefront uh today. Those of you that are listening, you're listening to Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. Uh, this is your host, J.R. Thickland, and we're so glad that you've joined us tonight. We have our very special guest here on our one-year special anniversary show, our very special guest, our nationally acclaimed uh, advocate and author um, and the founder of Saving Promise, uh, Ms. L.Y. Marlowe, and uh, she's been sharing some very powerful things here with us, not only about uh, how uh, Saving Promise came to, uh, to be, and she's going to revisit that in a little bit, but she's talking about the why spread of domestic violence and um you know, and I want I want you at, at this point, uh, L.Y. Because maybe a lot of our listeners may not be uh, uh, have may not be familiar yet with what this whole thing uh, with uh, Saving Promise is all about. You have an I Promise national call to action, and I love it because of the fact that's what it is. It is a national call to action, and I, I want you to tell us a little bit about that, and then we have a caller that uh, has a question for you, and we'll get on the air. That sounds awesome. In fact, um, we launched, um, in fact, at the start of Domestic Violence Awareness Month on October 1st, 
our first national call to action entitled I Promise. And I Promise is not only a focusing on how we create greater prevention, education, and awareness, but it is also about breaking the silence and engaging America, engaging every individual in the promise for change. Because the point is that we need to take collective action around this issue. And so I Promise is asking individuals whether or not it's a, 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 a woman or a man or, or, uh, or a young person to make a personal promise and take a personal promise, make a personal promise for change, whether that promise is I promise as a mother to talk to my daughter about it or a father I promise as a father to talk to my son or a teacher that says I promise to, you know, educate my students or a pastor that says I promise to talk about it to my congregation. Whatever your promise is, what we're looking to do is ask you to go to savingpromise.org, share your promise. You can share your promise either by video. Um, videos become a very, you know, uh, big technology that people are using nowadays to express themselves. And for those that are camera shy, you can share a written I promise. But the other thing is that we not only want you to share that promise, we want you to take action on it. The other part about the I promise can Okay, L.Y., I think we lost. L.Y., if you could just repeat that, I think we lost you just for a second there, but uh, that, that you started about another part of the I Promise campaign, so I definitely want us to hear that. Sure. I said the second part of it is we're planning to take the I Promise campaign to the White House and share not only with President Obama, who's very supportive of domestic violence. In fact, Joe Biden, the vice president, founded the Violence Against Women Act. So they're very supportive of this issue, and I think they want to hear from America about it. So we want to tell President Obama not only Little Promise's story, but also your promise for change. We want to share those I Promises with the White House to show uh, Mr. Uh, 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 President Obama, not only what that we care about it as an organization, but all the individuals out there that had to make a personal promise for change. And so we're asking people to not only share their I Promise at our website, SavingPromise.org, but to also sign our letter to President Obama because that gives us permission to let him know that you care about this issue and to also share your I Promise with the President so that they can know that America does realize how serious this issue is and want to stand up to make their own personal promise for change and ask President Obama to stand with us. Absolutely. Now, this is powerful because this is, once again, uh, a different approach. In other words, this is a grassroots approach that involves every individual on every level, and this is what they can do. You know, rather than feeling helpless, rather than feeling like they're powerless, this is something that each individual can do. We can change our own uh, – we can change what's around us. We can take responsibility what's around us, and we can promise to do those things to help eradicate this, and I think this is so very powerful. Uh, wow. I want to get to a caller that's out there, caller ending in 9376, caller number ending in 9376. Uh, welcome Hello. to Open Healing. You're on the air today. You have a question or comment for our guest today? Uh, I didn't have a question. Hi, my name is Jocelyn. I just would like to congratulate you for the one-year anniversary. Thank and, you. And um, this is my, you're welcome, my first time listening to the show, and I think it's fantastic. I will definitely help to spread the word around. 
and also um, looking forward to attending the uh, Faith Symposium this Saturday. Well, thank you so very much, and I'm, I'm glad that you brought that up. You know, L.Y., you, you, you mentioned here just a few minutes ago about the importance of the faith community being aboard and so many things that can happen, and as Jocelyn was calling there, uh, uh, Jocelyn is calling in. She's actually been uh, very instrumental also in, in assisting inside of this uh Faith Symposium on Domestic Violence that we're having this uh, Saturday here in uh, South Florida. And the whole Faith Symposium on Domestic Violence is designed to help break that holy hush around the subject matter, but it's also designed to give the faith community an opportunity to hear from victims as well as them being heard. We have a panel. Uh, panel number one will be that uh, panel consistent of survivors. And here are survivors that have gone through domestic violence and doing their ordeal they turned to the faith community, uh, their leaders, and at that time they found no answers or they got bad answers or they didn't get the support they needed. And uh, it's so important for those survivors to have an opportunity in an audience that will be, uh, that will be uh, filled with faith leaders to be able to voice them and say to them not only what we needed from you but what victims need from you now. And a lot of that is to not only be heard, but we need them to be equipped and empowered. And we have a second uh, a panel there which will consists of faith leaders there, and uh, and they will get a chance to talk about uh, what has been their challenges in, in addressing the issue of domestic violence. And uh, they'll be talking about their legal, spiritual, and moral responsibility inside of that. And then I love what you hit on earlier, L.Y., because the, uh, what you said earlier about the whole situation with bullying, uh, that third panel will be uh, will uh, will be uh, featured dealing with the impact of domestic violence on children, and we're talking about the correlation between uh, children being exposed to domestic violence and um, and uh, and bullying. And so that panel there will be made up of our Christian uh, psychologists, uh, behavior scientists, uh, you know, uh, guidance counselor, advocates, uh, of youth pastors. There's going to be an array of people that are going to be there on that uh on that uh Saturday. So, you know, that's part of that groundwork because you better believe that at the end of the day, we want to leave out with a contract for change, so to speak. We want to leave out on that day with a commitment, uh individually as well as collectively, uh to do all we can to eradicate domestic violence. Absolutely. Yeah. Coming together collectively for a promise for change. That's Absolutely. what we need to be asking our communities, and that work that you are doing this upcoming Saturday is exactly. Imagine if we replicated that in in every community. You know, and, and, imagine and the voice and the power that would have. Absolutely, and that's the thing about it. We have to begin to train to equip and get this to happen. And the thing that is so incredibly important, and as you and I know, is that, you know, though uh, the country joins in with us in October in recognizing this month, for us it's 24-7, uh, 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 365, because we understand that it never takes a break. It, it never goes away. And so we have to continue with the advocacy and all those things there. Thank you so very much, uh, Jocelyn, for calling in. Uh, look forward to all the things that you bring uh, to this movement. Erico 323-784-9638. That's how you reach us today. You're listening to Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. And we'll be right back after this break here. You're listening to our very special guest, uh, L.Y. Marlowe, uh, national acclaimed uh, author as well as advocate and the founder of Saving Promise. And we'll be back uh, with more of your questions and your comments right after this commercial break. See you on the other side of the break.
Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness with J.R. Thicklin returns after this. Want to get in on the conversation? Call Jay at 323-784-9638. J.R. Thicklin, the Soul of America Radio, and its staff and family encourage you to please let someone know if you're going through a domestic violence situation. If you know someone that's going through a domestic violence situation, please don't stand by and let it just happen. We simply cannot afford to tolerate this any longer. Call 800-799-7233. The National Domestic Violence Hotline, 800-799-7233. It is your business. You can also connect with J.R. Dicklin at his Facebook group, which is Domestic Violence. It is your business. Check him out. Above life. Above your circumstances. You can soar. This is the one and only Storm. Give us a call at 323-784-9638. And now, here's your host, J.R. Thicklin. A journey to wholeness. This is your host, J.R. Thicklin, and I'm so very glad that you've joined me right here on the Soul of America Radio Network. For those of you that are listening, those of you that are listening uh, from across the country, and believe me, they are represented all over here on the board here that are listening to our show. So very glad that you're joining us on our first anniversary show tonight, and uh, we're so glad that you're part of that show with us. And as we have a very special guest, a friend and colleague of mine, but nationally acclaimed uh, author and advocate, and uh, uh, she is a best-selling author and the founder of Saving Promise, and uh, and she's with us tonight, L.Y. Marlowe. L.Y., it's been such a pleasure having you with us tonight, and so many things that you've said is so important. And um uh, and uh, I, I'm just I'm just elated because you know haven't had the opportunity to uh, sit with you to talk with you and and uh, and really hear the heart of what Saving Promise is about. I just want you to kind of reiterate to the people how can they get involved? How can they get involved? Even regardless of what city they're in, regardless of where they are. Well, they could first get involved by joining the Promise for Change, and as I said earlier, it would be so impactful for us to do our own individual parts. And that part can start simply first by sharing your own personal promise. 
um, visit savingpromise.org. Share your I promise, whatever that promise means to you. It might just mean something as simple as I promise if I see something, I'm going to do something, or I promise to talk to a friend that I know need help. Or it could be I promise to make sure that I never allow myself to get in that situation, and if I do, I'm going to not be ashamed and talk about it. So it's those little small actions that we can take that can help us collectively address this issue. So first they can visit Saving Promise, share your I Promise, because I think the more people see that people are out there and stepping up and making a personal promise, they're going to be implored to do so too as well. And then secondly, sign our letter to the president, to President Obama, who's very supportive of this issue. And uh, we want to not only share a little promises story with him, um, but we want to share your story and your personal I Promise. Um, and so I implore you to also sign our letter to the president and share your I promise so we can share that with him as well. And then thirdly, I'm calling on community organizations and groups and corporations and particularly the faith-based uh, institutions out there and churches, um, schools, colleges, and universities. We at Saving Promise are looking to partner with you so that you can be part of this movement, become part of the collective promise for change. We want to show that President Obama that not only are individuals out there collectively uh, making their own promises to take action and to do something in their communities or in their families or in, within themselves, but that these organizations stand behind this mission as well. And so I'm encouraging particularly the faith-based community and other organizations and groups to also contact Saving Promise and find out how you can partner with us on the Promise for Change, the I Promise campaign, and how you can serve as a leader in your community to really help us engage other in this promise for change to come together collectively to address this national crisis. Wow. Uh, that is absolutely wonderful. And, and, of course, I want everyone to support this because this is absolutely this is absolutely needed. It is necessary. You know, it doesn't matter what your pedigree is. It doesn't matter what your background is. The fact that it matter that you're a concerned individual, uh, you know, uh, that you are making that commitment, that promise for change, uh, you know, that's what matters. And so, uh, you know, that's what we have to continue to do. Here's an opportunity to make a stand. You don't have to be silent. Uh, uh, you could really uh, stand up, and you could be really a trailblazer in your area and stand up because, of fact, so many people do feel helpless and they feel like there's nothing they can do, but there are so many ways that you can get involved. And, L.Y., we have another caller that has a question, and we want to comment, and we want to get them on the airway tonight. A caller in it in 6962, uh, 6962. Good evening, and welcome to Hope and Healing. You're on the air. Good evening, Pastor Thicklin. Good evening. How are you? Good evening. I am wonderful. <laughs> that is Thank great. You. That um, is great. Yeah. I, well, well, two things I, I want to comment on is that I'm, I'm super excited about um, you coming out on Saturday. I will be supporting and and looking forward to um, all of the, you know, the topics and the t talks that will be addressed um, on this Saturday. So excited about that and also um I got a chance to share my story this weekend at um Coretta Talbert's um fashion show. Absolutely. So um 
Yeah. Now I, I'm proud so, of you. Yeah. I, I heard about I heard about it, and and for those of you that are listening to Dave, there was a, a tremendous event that took place in South Florida on this past weekend. Yeah. It was a two day event. The Friday night was I Am Beautiful, and it was uh, that was directed to our young teen girls and our young girls. It was about building self esteem, and I was actually there on that Friday night as one of the speakers yeah. and panelists as we talked about so many issues, not only the, uh, domestic and dating violence, but we were talking about the importance of them valuing themselves and all those great things, and the young girls had a tremendous fashion show. It was a very powerful uh, uh, situation uh, and event. Coretta did a great job with that. And then on Saturday night, they had the larger fashion show, and uh, as a continuation, you all did some great things. And, and I'm, I'm talking to yes. Glory, and Glory, you got a chance to actually step out and share your story. Yes, I did. Yes, That's I did. awesome. And, um, yeah, and um, as as I'm listening to the young lady speaking about, I promise, you know, mm-hmm. you know what some of the things that I'm still trying to do, and um, you know, my goal is to open a shelter in Palm Beach County, not just one, but many. But starting out with one, and um, just in the midst of just you know having God to speak through me that night and say, you know, I'm no longer a victim, I'm victorious, and yes, I went through this, but, you know, I can hold my head up because if I didn't go through this, I wouldn't be starting this foundation, and I wouldn't be, you know, telling women and and children and, and men and so on and so forth that you don't have to no longer hide. You can, you know, get the help that you need, and you can start healing. So, you know, I mean, God is just moving, and I'm super excited, and I'm just truly blessed. And I'm always blessed from your radio station. <laughs> well, thank you. I hear it in your voice. Yes. L.Y., what would you say to this yes. is Gloria. Gloria Gloria is a young lady who's a survivor who's gone through domestic violence, and she's another one that has taken that pain and she's turning it to power. And, and you heard her excitement there. And, and one of the excitement that she, 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 she shared that story publicly this weekend uh, in front of a very a nice audience, very uh, uh, nice yes. audience, a great platform. And uh, she's she's endeavoring to open up her own shelter in this area. What would you say to people like not only Gloria but other people that are that are now survivors and as she said victorious, and they're taking that pain and they're turning to power? You know, the first thing I would say to Gloria and and those like her is that I am so personally proud of you because it takes courage to finally move through and get to the other side, that not only will you survive it and that you are no longer a victim, but like you said, Gloria, you're victorious, and now you've taken that. You've taken that that, that, that struggle and that pain, and you're transforming it into something that's going to help others. There is no greater courage and no greater thing to give back than to, to pass the baton and to pass on the blessing on to the next person that you can use your story and your struggle and your survival to help someone else. And so I just want to applaud you for, for doing that. I, I love seeing women like yourself who, who, who reminds me of myself to see that sometimes it just takes our voices to step up and speak out to help somebody else. And so, Gloria, I'm so very proud of you. I would love it if you would visit savingpromise.org and share your personal I promise, because you just made a testament there. Your I promise is I promise to help others 
learn and grow through through my survival and to give back. That is your promise. It's as simple as that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. I tell you, this, this is exciting. This is one of the reasons we do this, because we understand that people will find hope and they will find healing, and it's a journey. It's a journey to wholeness, and this is part of your journey, Gloria. And so many of you that are listening to yes. us tonight, this you have your journey, and you're on that journey to wholeness. And, and it starts with, you know, that point of realization. When you realize that this is not my fate, this is not what I want, I deserve better. You know, I'm going to overcome. I'm coming out of this, and, and I will come out of this. And then as you, as you are pulling yourself up, and I'm telling you, uh, you can get up. The strength of God will... Pull, uh, pull you up. The support around you would help pull you up, and you take that pain, and that pain become is turned into power, and you're able to do great things. And I and I just love it because, as you said, why from that pain, you know, you come out of that, and you make promises. There are some promises that you're making, and that promise from the moment you get up is that you're affecting lives, and 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 uh, and, and lives won't be the same because of the fact you've recognized that it's time for you to move forward and that you want to move forward without uh, leaving anyone else behind. So we're excited about that. Gloria, we're so proud of you. Thank you so much, as always, for calling in and listening in. And we look forward to uh, to you being with us on Saturday. Yes, sir. Wow. Well, L.Y., we've had a tremendous time here. We're still here. Uh, for those of you that are listening by way of, of, of telephone there, if you liked a question or comment for L.Y. Marlowe or myself, simply hit the number one on your keypad, the number one, and that lets our producer know that you uh, want to get on the airway, and we'll get you on the air tonight. But uh, you're listening, once again, to Hope and Healing, A Journey to Hold Us. I'm your host, J.R. Thicklin. Area code 323-784-9638. That is how you reach us. Uh, area code 323-784-9638. That is how you reach us tonight. Well, L.Y., uh, perhaps you have, I don't know if there's any closing thoughts that you may have tonight. I, I, I know I want to bring this up just for a moment because, of fact, perhaps someone is asking, why did you name the book Color Me Butterfly? What inspired you? You know, interestingly enough, the book was originally entitled In My Shadow because that was appropriate for the four generations of women in my family living in each other's shadow. Um, but when I was done writing Color Me Butterfly, I, I tell you, that book was not only cathartic, but I had to live through the process um, and the struggles that my grandmother went through with my grandfather um, who viciously beat her and her eight children. Um, and then later my mother who met and married my father, and he suddenly turned into my grandfather and impeded the same kind of abuse on my mother. And then I had to relive my story of the uh, the abusive relationship that I was in where this person also tried to take my life and then later my daughter's. And so it was so cathartic that I realized that, Yes, there was the sad part and there was the painful part and there was the struggles that the women went through. But on the other side of that, as with anything for any of us, there's also strength and courage and hope. And so after I was done writing Color Me Butterfly, I realized that I did not want my family uh, story, the women in my story legacy, to be uh, connected to something that felt so dark. A shadow is is oftentimes dark. And so I went out and I Googled 
what I thought were words that really described my grandmother and my mother and myself and my daughter. So I put in a string of words. I put in courage. I put in hope, and I put in transformation. And lo and behold, a butterfly popped up. And so I wow. started researching about the butterfly and the metamorphosis of the butterfly and the very phases and stages and cycles that it goes through, that it starts with as just a, as just a small uh, insect that's enclosed in, in a cocoon and how it just transforms its life and, and going through that dark and tunnel of, of, of cycles of life, it transforms into a beautiful butterfly. And for me, that is what I wanted the, the memories and the legacy of the women in my stories to be connected to. And so I decided to name the book Color Me Butterfly because it's about no matter what you go through, that you're all beautiful and that you can color yourself butterfly just by allowing to turn, transform your pain into hope and into promise and to and, into a purpose. And that is why I named the book Color Me Butterfly. Wow. You know, L.Y., you've inspired so many tonight, and that is one of the reasons that I was so glad to have you on the show tonight, because you've inspired many. You, 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 you've shared about the tragedy of, of, of the abuse in, in four generations with your family, but you've also shown the hope, the promise, the inspiration, and the passion to make a difference inside of it. And that's what it's really about. You know, and the promise, literally, you know, though you, you've, you've started saving promise here just a few years ago, the reality is it's the fact that you've been in that whole promise mode ever since you've come out because you've promised to make a difference and you're making that difference and and those are things that, that are so instrumental and they're so powerful and and before we let you go I don't want you to go tonight but before I let you go we have another caller and I recognize this caller number here because here's the caller I'm about to bring on now who in our own means, because of her own tragedies that she saw with violence and murders happening, that she herself also made a promise and have been going for uh, for now a number of years talking about uh, not only uh, preventing murders, but uh, she's with Mothers Against Murders. My dear friend, Angela, how are you tonight? I'm fine. How about you, Pastor? I am doing great. I'm so glad that you're with us uh, tonight on Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness, and I'm glad that you're listening in with our very special guest on our one-year anniversary show, L.Y. Marlowe. Right ahead. I know you have always have some good news to share, and you have some <laughs> things to share, and you, you embody that, that, that passion for promise. So go right ahead. Okay. And first, I'd like to say I, I am very inspired by you and what you're doing in your book, and I really do applaud you. I know it's not easy, um, and I am going to go to your website and SaveThePromise.org because I am very interested in it. You know, because what we go through here in Palm Beach County. So my organization is a, is a group of 210 women that have lost their loved ones to gun violence, and I promise to help these mothers and the youth that are incarcerated uh, for for life. So that's my promise as well, because I'm going to keep on fighting for these children, and I'm going to keep on fighting for healing for the mothers and the victims in the community. But I'm just so honored to um, hear your voice tonight and Pastor Thicklin bringing you on the show. I think that's so awesome. 
Well, well, Angela, we're, so we're happy. But, you know, Ella, I want Angela to share a little bit of she, uh, more with you because I want you to hear. Uh, Angela, share just a little bit of your story, how you started okay. Mothers Against Murderers Association, because I think, L.Y., I think, I think what you're going to hear is exactly what you're talking about tonight. You know, there's there's a catalyst that happens in our life, and that catalyst is a that catalyst oftentimes happens as a result of a defining moment, and that defining moment in your case with with your granddaughter Promise and, and with your daughter, and in Angela's case, uh, Angela's going to share a little bit about what happened. And I think that you understand why, even in terms of the whole I Promise campaign. It, it, you know, this this is such an inspiration. Why? Because I think what people are hearing tonight, L.Y., they're hearing they're hearing a result. In other words, you're saying, listen, you're not just going to complain about it. You're not just going to cry about it. You're not just going to, you know, uh, you're not just going to twiddle your thumb, but you're going to do something about it. And so, Angela, shared just a little bit with not only L.Y., but with our whole audience here about how did, how did Mama come come to pass? Um, back in 2003, my nephew was murdered in um, College County. He was shot seven times with the AK-47. Mm. And my family just was so devastated. Um, when I got to the crime scene, uh, when I got I got the phone call, and most of the phone calls from mothers get about 5 or 6 o'clock in the morning. I got that call about 5.30 in the morning from my other sister. And all I heard on the phone, you know, that phone was screaming. And then she was saying Tori was dead. So, you know, mm-hmm. Tori only lived like a couple of minutes away from me. So immediately I went to the hospital because she told me Tori was dead. But Tori, unfortunately, he was still laying there where he was shot at in front of his residence. And to see my sister face and my family going through so much that week of the funeral, and after the funeral, everybody was so devastated. I just asked God to guide me. And he and he told me in my vision to start this group, Mothers Against Murderers. Unfortunately, I lost ten other family members, nieces and nephews, to gun violence and published county within those ten years. So now, and I just buried a loved one last week, this past Saturday, my nephew that was murdered. Um, so it's, it's it's a very very hard tragedy for my family what we go through. But my goal is to keep the mothers, learn them how to heal. Afterwards, because a lot of my group mothers, some of my group mothers in the group, they're domestic violence cases. So we um, we are part, trying to partner with other organizations like Pastor Thicklin and other people to get the message out. You know, violence is not the answer. So on, on um, 26th of this month, we're going to have a victim's walk, and the walk is called No More Names because we won't, we won't see nobody else child get murdered here or anywhere mm. in this country. So that's what we are fighting for. And now you think it's going to start around 930. And I'm going to have speakers and walkers. We're just trying to bring the community together as a whole because we are so divided right now. And some people are just not getting it. The problems must cease. They just don't understand what a family goes through after they lost a child. And twice a month we offer a circle of healing and the victims come in and they'll sit in a circle and they can express themselves any way they'd like. And it's so powerful because everybody in this group, they understand each other because they know everybody has something familiar. They lost a child, a, a, a father, an uncle, a mother, 
So it's a very, very powerful group of people that's in this group. You know, I'm so thankful because, you know, even as Angela uh, shares this, you know, L.Y., once again, you know, I, I think when you put things in context, it just helps in so many ways. You know, Angela was inspired, and she's doing this work here. And, Angela, you talked about the name of the march is No More. It's called No More Names. And I think people need to understand that what you're referring to is that, you know, so often when, when we have deaths, and we have funerals, what has become more of a fad these days is that we, we generally put names on the T-shirt or we get T-shirts made with our beloved there on it and names and rest in peace. So what you're saying is that we don't, we don't need to have another T-shirt. We don't need to have another uh, a funeral because someone has been killed, you know, to gun violence. And, and many of your uh, women that are part of your group have lost uh, loved ones, daughters and sons, to domestic violence. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Well, and Some Angela, I well tell you, you, your story, Angela, is 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 indicative of how someone can take, you know, their pain. And you talked about not only Tori's story, um, but ten other family members in in your family, um, and how you take that pain and turn it into a purpose, and how that purpose becomes power. And by having that power, you can simply make a promise to. Do something about it, and that's what you've done. And that is just so, you know, it is just so inspiring to be able to stand up and have that courage and be able to, on that walk that you all are planning, show that, you know what, we, we have pain, but we're taking that pain and we're transforming it into purpose, and purpose ultimately becomes power, and we're going to make a promise to do something different, to make sure, like Dr. Pastor, Dr. Pastor Thicklin said, that there are no more T-shirts, that we don't have any more funerals. I am just so disheartened at the number of children nowadays, children nowadays. And I think the Trayvon Martin story brought it to a limelight that it needed to be revealed to show how our children nowadays, our children are being funeralized. They're dying from gun violence. They're raised in families of domestic violence. They're learning to become bullies. And, you know, our children are encountering this. And we've got to stand up as a community. And it is because of the work such that you're doing, Angela, and others out there um, that are doing to really take, take their pain and turn it into purpose and into power and ultimately saying that we promise that we are not no longer going to stand back and allow this to happen, that we're doing our part. Thank you, Angela, for sharing your story. You just Thank gave you. me just a little bit more notch in my courage to just get up tomorrow and do it yet again. Awesome. Thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, there's just so much that's happening, so many good uh, things that are happening as a result of it. You know, and, and, you know, and the thing about it is that we have to continue to not only uh, support these efforts, but we have to recognize that we have a place inside of it. So, you know, in, in just this little short span, we're talking about what has happened. I talked about the event that even locally, South Florida, that happened this past weekend that Gloria uh, was a part of it, as well as myself. But we talk about this weekend with the, with the Faith Symposium on Domestic Violence here on Saturday. You know, L.Y., one of the reasons, and it's interesting that we continue to do this work, is because what we recognize how vital the voice is. Our voices are in this work. For me, it's vital that the faith community is equipped, empowered, uh, uh, you know, and educated when it comes to this subject matter because we are exposed to so many people. 
People turn to us. People come to us, and they come looking for answers. They come looking for guidance. You know, and I know that it's critical that the faith community is empowered. The last thing that we need is for a person to become re-victimized simply because we didn't know. And so when we talk about that, that's one of the reasons when I bring people like yourself, and there's not another L-Y, of course, but when I bring people like yourself on the show, it is for that reason of raising that spectrum and, and raising that level of crime, that call. And L-Y, you know, it's interesting. I, I think about the fact that we actually met each other in Long Beach, California, uh, I don't know, four or five years ago perhaps. And we met each other. I remember you were on the panel there, and you were part of You shared your story there in Long Beach, a part of the conference there with the uh, Institute on Domestic Violence and African-American Community. But when I passed across again over two years ago there in D.C., and uh, we were part of a national uh, uh, conference there dealing with uh, pastors and bishops and, and uh, you know, a uh, conference on domestic violence. We knew at that point that there were some major things that need to happen involving the faith community. And I'm grateful to you because the fact you continue to make this push, you continue to allow that to be a vocal point, to continue to reach out to faith and the clergy and, and to get them to recognize how vital their role is inside of this. And so as you continue to do this work, I'm going to continue to promote I'm going to continue to raise the banner. I'm going to continue to direct people to uh, uh, your website uh, uh, because we need that promise for change and put that promise into action. And uh, and as we do that, we know that lives are going to be changed, and we know that we're going to uh, make a big difference in our community. So having said that, we have I mean we have a board full of callers, and I'm going to do that last cry out to callers if uh, if you have a question or comment uh, for myself or L Y Marlowe just simply hit the number one on your keypad, and that lets our producer know that you have a question or comment, and we'll get you on the airway. But um, in the interim, L.Y., I'm going to give you an opportunity uh, to give us some closing comments and things and, and some closing directions even uh, that you would uh, and advice uh, that you would give those that are listening today. Absolutely, Pastor Thicklin. Uh, and, and one thing I just want to um, uh, touch on that you just shared in terms of you know the church needing to be on the on the on the front lines of this. In fact, I come from not only a faith-filled family but one that believes that the church is the puller to our communities. In fact, it is not just that we need them out there; they must be part of this. I mean, anything that has ever happened in our history that has transformed our community from civil rights to community rebuilding to, to electing the first African-American um, uh, president, the church was on the front line. And the church has to be on the front line around these issues that are affecting and bringing our, our communities down and our families down. And it's got to be on the front line of this cause. And so I'm asking in my final words and in my closing remarks, first I want to ask you, uh, Pastor Thicklin, I want to have you start to lead the way, being a clergy, to be able to make your own personal promise. I want to hear that from you. I promise whatever you're going to say. And more importantly, to continue to stand with Saving Promise. And I'm asking folks to do that. Again, please just visit savingpromise.org. This is not about me trying to get people to get to our website. This is about us coming together collectively to show America that we care about this issue. Please share your I promise. It only takes less than a minute to go to the website. It's right on the home page. You'll see a link that either you can submit your personal I promise, whether or not it's a video or you want to write something about what your personal promise is. And then secondly, 
sign our letter to the president so that we can show the White House that people care about this issue at the grassroots, that we care about this, and we're not only making our own promises for change but asking him to stand alongside us. And I am challenging organizations and groups out there and uh, schools and colleges and universities to contact Saving Promise and find out how you might be able to partner with us because we can't do this work alone. We need your voice at the table to be able to help us continue to bring people to the table and to to be able to build this movement around the promise for change. And I'm particularly calling out to the faith-based community because I, as I was sharing with my my grandmother and my mother, who would not even uh, allow me to hang up this call without recognizing the faith that we as a family had and that I'm asking the faith-based community to join us on to be able to help us lead the way to the promise for change. So with that, Pastor uh, Thicklin, I ask you, what is your promise for change? My promise for change is to stand up and to uh, promise to educate on every pillar and every post, every church, every leader, everyone that will listen about the vital importance of uh, eradicating domestic violence. My promise for change is simply this, is to never be silent about this issue, but to always be a beacon of light and a beacon of hope, understanding that my silence only perpetuates the violence. My promise is to continue to raise the voice within our communities, the faith community and abroad, to eradicate domestic violence. Thank you for that. You could not have said it more eloquently. I so thank you for having me on this evening. And for allowing me to use another platform like yours to to continue to push forward with this effort. Well, I'm so glad that you're here. And, you know, I know that you're getting ready to go, and we only have a few minutes. But, you know, I I actually see on the air the president and the founder of the Soul of America Radio Network. And uh, he's a busy man, and I know that this is – he's there. And and you just got to remain just for two minutes at least. Uh, why? Because I know not only is he probably calling about the first year anniversary show, he is responsible for me being on the air, uh, but I'm quite sure he is very involved in this issue of domestic violence. So having said that, welcome. You're hoping healing tonight. <laughs> hey, how you doing today, tonight, Jay? Uh, I am doing absolutely wonderful. I'm so glad to have you, Mr. Stallings, the president and the founder here of Saving, of, uh, not say Saving, no, of Solo America Radio Network. So glad to have <laughs> and, you. And I want to say a special uh, hello to Ms. Marlowe. I, I apologize. I, I, I was tied up, and I, I caught the end of the show, but I had to call. And um, it's, it's, it's fortunate that I heard part of your message, and I went to your site. I am thoroughly, thoroughly um, uh, in, in gratitude for you sharing uh, on, on the station tonight. And, and I was telling Jay last week, we're going to start partnering with people, partnering with people, and I would love to be able to uh, to um, uh, put your website um, on our partnering page that we'll be starting soon. And, uh, and in fact, in some of our um, commercials, we call them, we don't really have commercials, but we do promote uh, certain things, and I would like to, to to give your organization a push uh, from from our standpoint. If that's if that's okay with you. Oh my gosh, would, would it be okay with me? I would be honored <laughs> and, and 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 grateful to you to do that. Well, you you're, you you know, I told Jay it was about a year ago, uh, 
L.Y. that that I was I was watching Jay in another group that we have surrounding our hometown, and I kept seeing this message pop up, and I kept seeing Jay pushing it, and I told him, and I I can we can say this on on internet radio, I don't know about secular radio, but God spoke to me about Jay, and uh, I called him up immediately, and I said, you know what, Jay, this is gonna sound crazy. He said, what is it? I said, God told me to give you a platform, and he said, well. How much is it going to cost me? I said, it's going to cost you nothing. You just need to get out there and spread the word. And we took off running. And it's and it's it's people like yourself that come on the station and share that really bless me, that really let me know that the word that God spoke to me is going forth and is manifesting. So I just want to thank you. And I also wanted to congratulate Jay. Uh, Ms. Malo, this is his year anniversary. Uh, he hey. is one of the top shows that we've ever had on the soul of america radio and um and with guests guests like yourself and with with the push and the tenacity he has uh for this issue i'm just proud of him and i wish i had a a hand clap uh thing here i don't i don't think i can find it but <laughs> but uh i just want to thank you and i just wanted to just say hello oh wait 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 i just wanted to say hello to to your guests i think i found something here let me see yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> About four or five. Well, people. thank you, Mr. Stoney. You know, uh, Pastor Thickman is being very modest with me this evening, but he knows that you know he, like he said, he met me probably about five years ago when I uh, first launched Saving Promise. And since that time, you know, we've connected several times, and, and particularly over the last couple of years, not only have I turned to him for direction, but I often turn to him for strength because some days it's, mm. really, it's really difficult to be right. able to get out there and not have the platform to push it because no matter how much work you one individual do, you cannot do it alone, and it is because of platforms like um, the Soul of America Radio and other platforms and folk like you individually who, who comes on at the end of the hour and say, you know what, I'm going to make an even wider platform for you. It is because of that and Pastor Thicklin that I'm able to be able to soar um, and do what I do, and particularly because Pastor Thicklin, he knows that there are times I'll call him and I just need a word. <laughs> Because <laughs> it's hard, you know, it's hard sometimes to just be out there to stand in your in your authenticity and in your your you know with the shackles removed and say, you know what, I come from this and I'm and I'm not ashamed of it and I want to use that story, I want to use this vision to be able to help others and is it because of Pastor Thicklin and someone like yourself who gives me the opportunity to do that? Well, God bless you. I'm I am so delighted and I'm. Really excited. I hate I missed the show, but that's the beauty of this. I can go back and listen to it again. And I'm going to re-air this show soon, so stay tuned to Jay's page, and we're going to re-air this show so I can get to listen to the whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's wonderful news, and I'm glad you said that, because for so many that are listening and so many that may have um, uh, walked in at the last moment or tune in, they'll have the opportunity to hear that uh, rebroadcast, and then they can always go uh, right there to the site, and they could uh, the archive shows are there. And uh, one of the things that uh, that Tony that that has been so instrumental is that they literally can share those shows with someone else. Oh yeah, definitely, and I want to encourage them to do so. Um, I've been kind of very busy, but I do plan on airing 
your show in particular several times a week to accommodate a lot of people that may not get to listen to it, even at odd hours. And so it's a lot I'm trying to get done to get your message out. And, and I've got to run, but Ms. Marlowe and Jay, you guys are the, the, the forerunners. You guys are the ones putting your feet on the pavement, taking off, and I'm proud of you guys. And you really make me happy that I have been able to give some type of of help to you to get this message out because you're saving lives out there. It's just no doubt about it. You're saving lives. Well, thank, thank you, you so I much. I appreciate that. Wow. What a okay. night. You guys take care. Take care. Okay, thank, thank you so you. much. Well, L.Y., what a night uh, it's been, uh, a night that has been well spent, a night that I know without a shadow of doubt, believe me, even as I'm here, I am getting texts, I am getting messages from individuals, and they have been truly not only inspired, uh, they've been blessed on the night. And I'm thankful for you, and you continue to do the work that you do, and savingpromise.org, uh, we need people to go there. They need to go and check it out because it is a great it's a great place to go. Great information is there. Uh, there's a lifeline. That's what I like to call it. And this is one of those opportunities that, guess what, one person can make a difference, but one person at a time. And we continue to do this work. So my friend, my colleague, continue to do this work. Uh, we will be talking soon all the way from our house to the White House. We're going to make a difference inside of making this national promise for change. Thank you so very much for being with us. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. This is your host, J.R. Thicklin, and I'm so very glad that you've joined us on tonight. Join us every Monday night at 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern. That's 8 Central. And my dear friends in the Mountain Time Zone, that's 7, and you can catch us on the West Coast at 6. And across the nation, across the world, wherever time that may be for you, you can always count on Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. So glad that you've joined us tonight. And until next time, this is J.R. Thicklin saying, be safe and understand, break the silence on domestic violence. God bless you. No tears to cry, even if I try, but still my soul refuses to Oh, okay.